What is up, guys? Welcome back to the seventh episode of the Thank God for Wrestling podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Johnny King. I'm one of your hosts, CJ McClure. And today, as we learned yesterday, we had some very sad news about the passing of Bray Wyatt. So today's episode is going to be completely dedicated to him, just basically talking about our favorite moments, anything that really we want to speak on about him, our favorite things, maybe his feuds, and we have some what ifs too. But uh, so yes, rest in peace, Bray Wyatt. And we also want to say rest in peace to Terry Funk, who also passed. He had a huge impact on deathmatch wrestling. You know, he was a big person in ECW, and we just want to pay respects to him, even though that me and CJ aren't too familiar with his work just because we weren't alive when he was wrestling at his peak. But we just want to send prayers and condolences out to him and his family. So, yeah, but today's episode is all about Bray Wyatt, man. So, CJ, favorite Bray Wyatt moment? So, I got five, and I'm going to start off with the live moment first. So, I went to the Raw after Money in the Bank in 2016. So, you know, Dean won the briefcase, cashed in on Seth and Roman that night. Well, that night, the Wyatts returned. And I remember at one point, the... uh, you know, popped up on screen and you see Bray light the match and he goes, Phoenix. And you see Rowan and Harper walk up. And I mean, and like the pop was crazy, dude. Like, like they, they were returning. I think they, Bray was injured. I actually remember that. I remember they were going to have the Wyatts versus the uh, League of Nations at payback that year. Mm-hmm. Before he got injured on Raw. So then, you know, they just didn't have Harper or Rowan come back either. So yeah. Bray and then returned that night and there was a pop, dude. It was hype. And then, you know, and Bray goes, we're here. And all the lights come out, but then we cut to commercial and then everybody booed because we, we were ready to see Bray. So we go to commercial, we're all waiting. And then we get back from commercial to and, and dude, it just just crazy pop. I mean, not, not like the loudest I've ever experienced, but it was a solid pop. I mean, and lights come out, everyone's doing this. Bray, Harper, and Rowan come out, and they we started a welcome back chant, you know, for Bray. And he actually the first thing he said on the mic was, "Oh, did y'all miss me?" Everybody cheered at that. And then <laughs> this is the funny part. I remember Bray going, "Well." We've been locked away. And then there's a fan in my area that yells, we heard you were fishing. <laughs> <laughs> and I I couldn't help but laugh at that. So I think that's the only time I've seen Bray live. I I actually can't remember if he wrestled that night, but him and him and the Wyatts, the family returned. That was awesome to see. So that's a personal favorite moment. The second favorite moment, uh I imagine it's a lot of people's favorite moment with Bray, and that's when he won the WWE Championship in the Glacier Chamber. And, you know, it really, I mean, I remember it was in Phoenix that year, too, that year at the Chamber, but I actually couldn't go. I remember I had something going on, and now it makes me salty. You know, it sucks that he passed way too young, but it, it, it makes me salty. Like, man, I could have seen it. I could have seen his first world title victory, but still, dude, watched it on the network. That was just a genuine good chamber match, too. All those guys did a good job. And I think Bray actually may have been my pick to win. Like, I just, I had a feeling. I was like, I think they're finally going to pull the trigger. They're finally going to pull the trigger. And I thought I really appreciated that they had him eliminate Cena. And it came down to him and Styles because that was like payback from WrestleMania years ago. And I mean, that was a pop when he eliminated Cena, too. It just, 
him and AJ Styles, I mean, that was just an interesting one-on-one that they had. I mean, they never had the one-on-one match, right? They had the triple threat match on SmackDown with him, John, and AJ, but they were one-on-one match, so that's a close to me ever got, but Potomit from the Phenomenal Forearm, Sister yeah. Abigail, and just, he fought, he finally had his moment, and he deserved it. That ending that. sequence, bro, I literally was just watching, like, a clip of that earlier. That ending sequence was insane so hard like you could tell he was trying to stay in character but also like taking the moment because like he finally did it they finally like bid it on him and it like paid off that was right. insane man yeah so that was awesome i mean i still remember jbl saying Bray Wyatt has done it and he sure did and he deserved it number three the feud with the shield at Illumination Chamber 2014, that match was phenomenal. The only critique I have about that match is they should have saved it from WrestleMania. Mm. But 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 other than that, I mean, just a solid match by all six of those guys. You know, I mean, and obviously they continued their feud here and there on Raw. You know, those matches on Raw were good, but nothing beats the original. That like that crowd was hype for that match. You know, all six of those guys did great. Uh, you know, Roman's, like, last-minute comeback when it was three-on-one, you know, but the numbers advantage, you know, that that's just what the Wyatts were good at. And Bray got the pin, as he should. You know, I still remember Michael Cole saying, the Wyatt family rule at Elimination Chamber. You know, and Bray was just like, like that when he got the pin. Great match. And with that being said, Bray's feud with Roman, in my opinion, that was Bray's greatest rival. Maybe not Roman's greatest rival, but definitely top definitely, five. Yeah. Uh, like a Roman's best rivalries, but that, I think that is probably Bray's best rivalry. Their their hell of a cell match in 2015 was awesome. Yeah, bro, that's uh, that's underrated, bro. It really is. That dude. was a good match, dog. Yeah, I mean, you know, not, not to go down a rabbit hole, but I mean, but both those hell of a cell matches are great that year. You know, Bray and Roman take care of Lesnar, but I mean, but Bray and Roman put on a show. You know, that, that was a great way to close out the rivalry. So I mean, that, that match was awesome. Like you said, very underrated. And The Fiend. And I, I know that's vague, but the, but the Fiend was very, very rejuvenating. Very, really rejuvenated his career. And But I would specifically have to pick the Firefly Funhouse match with John Cena. I mean, that was just insane. Yeah. But it was a good insane. Yeah. And I think it just goes to show how John actually is like pretty good to work with. You know, he he was up for that and was able to put Bray over, you know, redeem Bray from years ago at their first match in WrestleMania. But uh, those are my favorite moments. We can get into the what-ifs after yours. Yeah, bro, I have, like, just a list of, like, things that I wanted to talk about. First off, his, like, promos. Bro, I don't think he ever had, like, a bad promo. Like, the backstage vignettes, the in-ring promos, they were so good. There were two that I would recommend people to watch, and there were some of his early ones. It was an FCW promo, like when he was in developmental before he got to NXT, and he talks about like his dad and how his dad like burned in like a in in a in a boat. And then there was one on NXT, and it was like it's called King of the Jungle promo. So those two I would definitely recommend. Like, I think his best character was definitely like when he first came in the Wyatt family persona with like like the cult leader like type of vibe. So I just think he was so in tune with that character, especially was uh, Brody Lee and then like by his side and then Eric Rowan too. And I just think that I know he said he didn't want to do that character again because it reminded him too much of being with Brody Lee. 
but I think that was his best character in terms of like actually like mastering it and like making it believable. So yeah, second thing I would say definitely like people forget about like his tag team runs, bro. Like he tagged with Randy in one of the SmackDown championships. And then he tagged with Matt Hardy, like the 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 leader of worlds, bro. That was like funny stuff. And like you also show like the comedic side of him too, especially when he was feuding, they were feuding with the B team, like his real brother, Bo Dallas, and who was it? Justin Jordan, I think. Uh Curtis Axel, wasn't it? Curtis Axel, yeah, yeah, yeah. Curtis Axel, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was just like it was just like a comedic relief almost. And like there was uh one promo Curtis and uh Bo Dallas did, and they were like trying to impersonate Bray Wyatt's like the we're here thing. And bro, he he said like bro Dallas like did a great impersonation. Like it was honestly crazy. That being his brother, but like that's one of my like what ifs that we'll get into. But other than that, I would definitely say like their debut on the main debut on the main roster when they attacked Kane, like bro, that's never gonna be forgotten. And like they uh Brody, well, I'm gonna call him Brody Lee, but Luke Harper and Eric Rowan, they attacked Kane, Bray Wyatt's just rocking in his chair. They hit it. They hit him with the steps. Bray Wyatt just comes over his body and just lifts his hands up with his head in the air, bro. It's just a, a perfect introduction to like the Wyatt family and the Bray Wyatt character. I also had the Fiend too, because I think he did a great job at taking something that can quickly get too gimmicky and keeping it like believable, keeping it serious, and. Like I said, bro, I was the fiend for Halloween last year. Like, <laughs> like it doesn't the fiend like you can't get much better than the fiend. And he just every feud or like every feud he had. Some people think like they people couldn't come back after the fiend. Like after they had a feud feud with the fiend, like they thought people thought that so and so would get buried. But I think that was part of like creative and like how they had the fiend win in some cases, like the Seth Rollins uh match. Where like the fiend literally couldn't die. Seth Rollins was doing everything he could and he couldn't get it. But I also think that's just like part of the fiend in general. Like he's supposed to be like supernatural. He's not supposed to be from this world. And that makes me like I always called Bray Wyatt like this generation's Undertaker in a sense where he was like the only like character we had who had sort of like a supernatural, like immortal like feel to them. Like other than that, bro. We don't really have anybody like that. Like, we don't have a phenom of our generation. And that's why I said he didn't reach his full potential because I do believe if, you know, he didn't have, if, if, he, if he didn't pass, he would have, like, eventually been on the same level as The Undertaker regarding, like, persona, like, I like being an icon, like, the character-wise, like, yeah. And then I also have his WrestleMania 30 match against John Cena, the first WrestleMania match they had. And that was just, like, literally, like, devil versus angel like john cena just like being insanely freaked out at the fact that bray wyatt can do like the exorcist walk with his hands and like bray wyatt obviously losing but that elevated bray wyatt to a whole new like it catapulted him up and helped him get to the main event scene so yeah man that's all i have right now yeah to kind of address other match at wrestlemania 32 i thought what was the great i mean i you're right, that match did elevate Bray. I feel like he should have won. You know, and like and Bray even said in the firehouse fun, funhouse match, he was like, They wanted me, John. They didn't want you. You know, and 
you know, they were doing that in the crowd in New Orleans. But I, I what I loved about that storytelling was, you know, just what you just said, devil versus angel. Well, John was tempted. Yeah. You know what I mean? He was like, like, like he was actually tapping into that anger. I remember even the ref saying, John, don't do it. Don't do it. Do it yeah. Swung the chair, but he had rowed instead. And then, you know, then hit Bray with the AA. Just that was a great, great storytelling. And I am glad that we did get a Bray versus Taker match in WrestleMania 31. I think it was it was as good as it could be. Yeah. Uh, you know, you know, Taker was Taker was in better condition in the year before. You could still tell he was trying to recuperate, but better, you know, and but but the Exorcist walk and the sit-up, best part of that match. You know, that was that was like a moment. And transitioning to what ifs now. So what ifs for me that I wish we could have seen was a Bray Wyatt versus Triple H feud. Bro. Yeah. I, and I remember they teased it when Hunter had the WWE Championship going to WrestleMania 32. Mm-hmm. Their, their face-off at the Royal Rumble. And I remember the crowd in Tampa goes, oh, you know, like that. It just... Triple H has faced many people in his career. He's faced Undertaker. He's faced demons with Kane. He's faced the Ultimate Warrior, John Cena, you know, Shawn Michaels, so on, but never faced someone like Bray Wyatt. Oh. That, that, that would have been very interesting. Wish they could have done that, but just other plans, you know, that they had. And we did get Bray Wyatt versus the Demon at SummerSlam that one year, but it would have been cool to see the Fiend versus the Demon. Yeah. I mean, imagine the fiend versus the demon in hell in the cell. Yeah, like just, just unorthodox creatures, right. bro. Right. And then with that being said, again, we got Bray versus Taker, but imagine the fiend versus the Undertaker. Yeah. So those are some what ifs for me. I think I think those have been phenomenal. The storytelling would have been phenomenal. I mean, just again, we we got a Bray versus Bray Wyatt feud multiple times, but the Fiend versus the Demon would have been perfect. In my mind, the Fiend should be the first person to beat the Demon, not Roman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the Fiend almost, like, like if the Fiend lost, I, it wasn't believable. Like, it's like, no, he shouldn't. Like, he can't be beaten. Like, he's the Fiend for a reason. Right. Like, he was literally bur- burned alive and, like, came back. <laughs> like, right. like, but yeah. My what if now? Yep. Bro, so like regarding feuds, I would have loved to seen a Bray Wyatt Edge feud. Especially if Edge like tapped into like radar superstar edge, like ultimate opportunist edge. Especially with Edge being like older now. Like him and Bray, I feel like could have done some crazy things. What were you about to say? You about to say something? Well, I was gonna say, what about Brood Edge? Yeah, okay, that? okay, okay, yeah, yeah, that'd be crazy, yeah. yeah, yeah, like, and, like, Bray Wyatt goes back to, like, imagine if Bray Wyatt went back to, like, the first persona, like, cult leader type Bray, and then, like, Edge was brood, mm-hmm. and then, like, imagine the entrances, bro, that'd be crazy. Second, what if, um, Edge and Cody, I mean, not Edge, Bray Wyatt and Cody Rhodes, I, like, I know there was rumors about, like, uh him coming back to feud with Cody to help buy up some more time before Mania. But I feel like if they did it right, it could help Cody like solidify himself, like uh 
help him go through whatever adversity they want him to go through before. Like, imagine Cody, like, being tormented, not physically, but, like, mentally, like, every week by Bray. Like, the the Hollywood, Kendall-looking Cody being tortured mentally, physically every week. Can't escape Bray, the craziness of Bray Wyatt. Like, I feel like that would, that could have been magic, you know? And you know Bray would have mentioned Dusty. Yeah, you know, oh, he, definitely, bro. Yeah, you know he'd say something like, you're never going to be your daddy, Cody. Yeah, definitely, definitely. With the dark vignette where it's just you can just only see his face moving back and forth, bro. And then I had one more. The last one was like maybe like Bo Dallas will like make a like return to WWE. Like, of course, he's Uncle Howdy, but like they scratch that, obviously. Make a return to WWE, have a character that in somewhat honors Bray, but like makes it into his own, kind of like the same vibes like the Wyatt family Bray, to just keep the rotunda of like legacy alive. Cause like obviously he's capable of doing like the same type of um like sinister, like like horror-esque character like Bray did. So I think that like would be insane to see and be cool to see. And it also gives like a whole new perspective on Bo Dallas because like, bro, no one took Bo Dallas serious. It's like maybe he could like solidify himself as like, like, no, I'm actually like this. I'm actually great, too. You know what I mean? I think before they feuded with the B team, Bray and Bo Dallas only had one interaction in NXT. I think it was a backstage segment. And I think creative actually had plans to give him a few since they're you know, obviously brothers in real life. So they're like, well, obviously they're going to have good chemistry, but never got a Bray Wyatt versus Bo Dallas match. At least not that I can remember. Yeah. Not one-on-one. Maybe like a dark match or like a superstars match or something. Yeah. Like that. But, Maybe. I yeah. I have to look on YouTube, but you, you mentioned uh, before we wrap up, you mentioned, uh, you know, the fiend losing is unrealistic, you know, because supernatural and all that. Well, I actually have a bit of a hot take on that. Before I go to that hot take, I want to ask you your thoughts. How did you feel at the time when Goldberg was the first one to defeat the fiend? You know, bro, I just feel like, especially since Goldberg was not the same Goldberg as like WCW Goldberg or like early 2000s WWE Goldberg. I just feel like it didn't, it wasn't necessarily believable. Like, like, bro, he was like pretty old. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I was, I just wasn't a fan of like Goldberg's. I've never been really a fan of Goldberg, but like, I've just wasn't, definitely wasn't a fan of like his comeback in WWE. So I just felt like WWE tried to force feed it to us and like make him believe, make us believe that he's the same Goldberg as before. But like, bro. Age takes a toll on you, bro. He's not the same. You know what I mean? I hear you because of the age thing. Well, I remember reading that someone was kind of like dissecting The Fiend, and I kind of agree with it, basically saying that The Fiend doesn't lose to people that who have not changed. So, for example, Daniel Bryan. When, they, when he started The Feud with Daniel Bryan, Daniel Bryan was a heel. Mm-hmm. Well, when he beat Daniel Bryan... Daniel Bryan changed, cut his hair, went back to short hair. Bryan went back to the American Dragon. Mm-hmm. Feuded with Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins is a face, baby face for that matter. Feuded with him. Seth returned to the architect, to the leader of a, a faction. Brought in the office of pain. Brought in uh, Buddy Murphy. 
you know, created that faction. But Goldberg has never really changed. Goldberg has always been spear, jackhammer, leave. You know, because in, in your ride by most of the things that you said, obviously Goldberg was better in his prime with WCW, but Goldberg has never really been a good wrestler per yeah, se. That's, you know? I don't want to say, bro, a hot take, like, Goldberg is so overrated, bro. <laughs> He's just a body. He's just a muscle dude. Like I think, I think he's always served his purpose. That, that, yeah. That's my that's my yeah, opinion. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, obviously, he had more flexibility. He could do more moves in WCW. But you know, even then, like Goldberg was always there for the adrenaline. He always had relatively short matches, like ten minutes at best. Yeah. You know, see, so he, he never changed. Yeah. So that's why he beat the Fiend. Is was something that I ran into. Randy Orton was also kind of an exception to that rule. Like the reason he always beat the Fiend was because he did return to the Legend Killer character. Mm-hmm. Like obviously he changed over the years, but he that he came full circle before the Fiend got to him. Yeah. So th- that was something I never noticed until someone pointed out that the Fiend always beat people that change. Mm-hmm. And that he and they, the Miz even like granted that was firefly funhouse bray not the fiend that faced him but still he beat the miz and then the miz went back with john morrison yeah where he started yeah where he started yeah so that's that's something i kind of appreciated and respected about the fiend was he only beat people that changed in their career yeah the last thing i want to say was like i know it was like he the time he was away he was like working on a movie supposedly but bro like if 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 he didn't pass dog like after wrestling he would have had a a crazy career in like the horror thriller cinema world bro like he's literally like the perfect perfect character to just play like a, a site like psycho psychotic like possessed like bro he could have been like insane on 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 the big screen and like i wish that's something we could have saw right one last thing I'll add. Uh, it's not really a favorite per se, but just something I remember. I actually have seen The Fiend live. I completely forgot about that. So okay, I went, bro. yeah. So I I went to a SmackDown in 2020. It was actually the last SmackDown before I think it was Super Showdown because mm. it was the last SmackDown before Goldberg beat The Fiend for the Universal Championship. And <laughs> this SmackDown, not to go into rabbit hole, is probably my least favorite of all my wrestling experiences, to be honest with you, because it wasn't even sold out and the show was okay. The show just felt a little kiddish, you know? Yeah. Um, but Goldberg and The Fiend was the main event. You know, Goldberg came out. So that's the only time I've seen Goldberg alive. So you're not going to say that. You know, he cut a promo saying, The Fiend, whoever, whatever you are, you're next. And then we're really glad that, you know, that, that, that pops up and see Bray on the Titan Tron and what was a little contradicting was Goldberg said, Bray, I know what Bray Wyatt, I know what you're all about. You're not getting these mind games. I said, Well, you just said whoever, whatever you are. So yeah. it seems a little contradicting. But so they had their interaction and you know, Bray was being all goofy, but then got serious in the Shoo. Yeah, he's here. Ooh, yeah. And, yeah. And, but I often forget though that you know, like on TV, you think it's absolutely pitch black. Mm-hmm. It's not like, like it is black, it's dark, but it's not pitch black. I saw the fiend come out and get in the ring in the yeah. dark. So I mean, but he Bray moved quick. You kind of often forget that he actually had oh, some agility. He he's <laughs> even like <laughs> it happened a lot in his matches. Like even like when someone would hit the ropes and like he would just come out of nowhere and just like I don't even know what it was, like a clothesline or whatever, he would just like, bro. Yeah, it was like quick, like he was quick, bro. 
he, he was almost like kind of like undertaker in the early 90s like how taker would move slow and then mm-hmm. have just that random explosiveness mm-hmm. like you know like bray just had yeah. that that athleticism but he got out of the ring quickly the fiend standing there goldberg and the fiend have their face off goldberg speared him so I thought that was kind of interesting that that was a bit of a first, like the fiend actually, obviously, you know, he was getting back up, but he, um, he was hurt, you know, momentarily, you know, the like, Goldberg's getting ready for another spear and then the fiend dipped. But, yeah. uh, so I, I can't say that I've seen the fiend. I, I completely forgot about that. That's, that's something that I, I'd hold near and near to my heart, bro. Like I said, you're lucky brother. But as we wrap up, obviously, rest in peace to Bray. Our thoughts and prayers go out to his family. And I would like to close on my thoughts and just say this. In my opinion, as a fan, Bray Wyatt was not utilized with his potential. However, he still made an impact. Yeah, I would agree with that. Definitely. He he would try to be as creative as he was with the the room he was given by the head of whoever you want to say Vince whoever but if they would have let him fully take control of his character I believe like it would have made such like it's a, he already left such a bigger like big impact but I feel like he would have made an even bigger impact right yeah but hindsight's 2020 Bro's a world champion can't take that away from him he, right. he is he is in the history books one of if not the best creative minds we've ever seen in pro wrestling Yep. Well, we just want to say thank you all for listening to this special tribute episode to Bray Wyatt. Once again, rest in peace, Bray Wyatt. Rest in peace, Terry Funk. You both be missed so much about the wrestling community. And we just want to say thank you all for uh, listening to us one more time. Make sure you follow us on our socials. I'm Johnny King. Hey, thank God for wrestling. Don't forget to say your prayers. Don't forget to say your prayers and watch your wrestling. Thank God for wrestling. We'll see you guys in the next one. Peace.